0: If you would, open your Bibles up this morning to the book of Matthew this morning, chapter number 6. And when you found Matthew chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 9, let's stand as we read the Word of God this morning. The Bible says, then pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. And so the theme verse for this whole series is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the exciting thing about this is Jesus literally meant what he said. He wanted the kingdom of heaven to start being established right here on this earth. That's why you were born again, a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. What new has come? That's what we're asking you. What is the new things that come? The new thing that came in your life is the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven that lives on the inside of you must then now begin to transfer to the outside of you. So as we continue in this, series called The Bridge. God's wanting to get the kingdom of heaven into your hands so it can be established in the earth we live. The illustration that we use of this and the, the best illustration we can think of, of getting the kingdom of heaven is to you, and I'm going to do this illustration every week, is the kingdom of heaven is just like a catch in a professional football game. You play in the field of play of the professional football game. God is the ultimate quarterback. The ball represents the kingdom of heaven. You are the receiver, and we all know that in a football game there's a defense trying to stop you, the receiver, from catching the ball and scoring the touchdown while you're still in the field of play. Well, the same thing takes place here in the earth. God is trying to get to you, the kingdom of heaven, the receiver, without the enemy interfering while you're still in the field of play called this earth. So what God does is he begins to put the kingdom of heaven in a place where you can grab a hold of it, but the enemy can't touch it. Amen? Where you can grab onto it because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but the enemy can't get to it because he's not in heavenly places. That's why he's called fallen. And that's how you are going to begin to establish the kingdom of God right here in this earth. As we begin to watch the kingdom of heaven manifest before us, God wants to show us an amazing thing as he manifests the kingdom of heaven in our dream job. Everybody say dream job this morning. Dream job. How many of y'all work for a living? How many of y'all think that um, your work is actually work and you if you could do something else you would? Amen. Well y'all can raise your hands. I mean I'm telling you. Because a lot of people said, man, I would love to do this. The greatest advice I ever heard all growing up into, into high school and into colleges, find something that you love to do and then do what? Figure out a way to make money at it amen find something you love to do and figure out a way to make money at it and well if we're going to see the kingdom of heaven be established in our job we must begin to make our job the dream job that God has called us to 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 have in our life and so how many of y'all have seen the commercial that's out there lately and you got this camel walking around the office you know this is my favorite commercial out there right now the first time I saw it I busted out laughing and Sherry said what was so funny about that And then we watched it more and more, and we just start laughing harder and harder. It's one of those things that the more you watch it, the funnier it gets. And so this camel's walking around the office and asking all the employees, what day is this? And nobody's answering, what day is this? What day is this? And finally, one lady at her desk sitting there, it's hump day. Whoop, whoop. And the camel just goes off because he's so excited and it's hump day. Well, many of us in our lives, that's what we look forward to. We're just looking forward to the middle of the week so we can get to the end of the week and enjoy the weekend. Well, that doesn't sound much like a dream job. Well, in this, dr- in this life that you're living, God wants to create your dream job even here this morning. And so if you're going to see your dream job take place this morning, listen to this. You have got to make the bridge happen. You've got to make the bridge happen where you are so God can make where you are become your dream. Did you get that? You've got to make the bridge happen where you are, so God can make where you are become your dream, or use that as an avenue to get you to your dream. Okay? Okay? So in this process, I want you to start thinking of your workplace. And some of y'all are like, you're ruining my weekend, Pastor. I came here to get refreshed and uplifted and put a smile on my face. But the only thing you've done this morning is make me dread tomorrow a day earlier than I should have. Well, I'm not trying to make you dread tomorrow. I'm trying to make tomorrow you step into your dream instead of it always being a living nightmare. Amen? I'm trying to make tomorrow, when you walk in the office, you're walking into your dream, you're walking into your passion. Even though it's not the particular place of employment you want to be, you're walking into a place that you see... Kingdom potential take place. So if we're gonna see the kingdom begin to take place in our job, we must begin to understand this. The bridge is going to take place where you are, and you're gonna to have to create the bridge where you are so God can get you literally to where he wants you to be or make this the job he wants you to have. I wanna read this scripture to you. And it says in Colossians 3:23, whatever you do, work with all your heart. As you're working for the Lord and not for human masters. How many of y'all go into work with that mindset? I'm working for Jesus today. I'm not working for my boss. I'm working for my Savior. I'm not working for this Grinch that's in the desk above me. I'm working for my Savior. And TWBC don't amen on that. Especially the staff. Amen. (laughs) And I don't want to go into work today, but I'm working for Jesus and not this guy. Well, there's a reason Jesus had that spoken through the Apostle Paul. And he goes on to say, work with all your heart because you're you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now listen, some of you may not be in the perfect job. Some of you may not even be in the job that is God's will for your life. Yes, I said that correctly. See, some of y'all should have amened on that because the way some of you guys talk to me about your jobs you're like, oh my gosh, I know I'm not in God's will. Well, how do we get you out of, the, out of your will in life and into God's will in your life to get your dream job to begin to take place in your life? The job you may have not be the, may not be the perfect job. It may not even be God's will for your life. The reality is you are there. The reality is even if it's not God's will for your life, many of you are getting up going to work tomorrow morning because you got to make a living for your family. Can I get an amen? And many of you, you may not enjoy your job. It may not be the perfect place, but you're getting up tomorrow morning because you got to go supply needs for your family, pay the bills, and do all those things. But shouldn't there be a little bit more to life than this? Now listen, when we begin to face the facts of where we're at, while believing and knowing God wants to get us where he wants you and me to be, In our dream job. So tomorrow morning if you're waking up. And you're going to this job that you don't like. If you're going to this place that you detest. If you're going to this issue that you know is facing you at work tomorrow. If you're going into this place of a hostile environment tomorrow morning. And you're actually dreading tomorrow morning today. You need to face the facts of the reality that you're walking into while still believing God's got something better for you. Amen. See, many of you have came to the conclusion, I guess I'm just stuck here all my life. I ain't ever going to get anything better. Things ain't getting good. So I'm just mad. It's that kingdom. Face the facts tomorrow. You're going into a place that you don't like. And even tell God, God, I really don't like this place. And God will say, begin to say this. Good. How are we going to change it? How are we going to change it? How are you going to begin to change the environment that you're in? See, you're in control of your own environment. The Bible says, I'll give you every place you set your foot. So why don't you just start walking around your office knowing that this office is about to be yours. (laughs) Amen. You may not be the boss, but you may be starting to have a godly influence in this office. You may be changing the very environment that you live in. See, when you begin to face the facts of where you're at, you then have a firm standing on where you are so you know where you can get and where you want to be. See, the same thing is true in the body of Christ. Many Christians truly don't know where they're at spiritually. That's why they never get to where they're going spiritually. If you will spiritually assess your Christian walk and truly come to a sober conscience of how much you know about the Bible and what you've been told about the Bible, you then have a firm base of reality where you have a firm standing ground so God can get you to where you need to be. The, real, the, the day I began to realize I really wasn't the best is the day God began to make me better. But if you think you're the best, that means you can't get improved on. (laughs) So the day you begin to get sober judgment about where you're at, God will begin to move you into the place called your dream job, your dream career. And when God begins to move you to the place of your dreams, get ready because even in your dreams, there's still some things that you're not going to like. This is where the kingdom of God begins to manifest in every area of your life. And so when you go to work tomorrow, I hope everybody writes this down. I hope you begin to write down, I'm going to work and I'm working for Jesus today. And so if you're working for Jesus, you ain't showing up five minutes late. That means you're to work on time. If you're working for Jesus, I hope you're working with a good attitude. Amen. Have you ever seen me get up here with a bad attitude? I don't want you going to work tomorrow dreading tomorrow. I want you to go to work tomorrow with a new initiative. I want you to go to work tomorrow with a new kingdom mindset. I want you to go to work tomorrow with a new purpose for going to work. Not going to pay the bills. I want you to go to work tomorrow with a purpose of bringing kingdom into your workplace. Not bringing your workplace home and destroying your kingdom. Amen. I want you to go to work tomorrow with a new initiative. A new agenda. A new focus. A new purpose. A new plan. A new mission. Because when you begin to go with a new purpose, a new focus, a new mission, it begins to change the way you think. Now listen, the fastest way, now this is where some of y'all are going to get excited. The fastest way to get you out of or change your current situation is to touch heaven to transform your job. We've been talking about touching heaven, transforming earth all throughout this series. The quickest way for God to get you to your dream job or put you in your dream position is for you to begin to touch heaven and transform your job. For you to begin to touch heaven and bring a little bit of heaven into your workplace. For you to begin to touch heaven and begin to bring a little bit of God into your place where you've never been, where he's never been before. When you touch heaven and transform your job, two things occur. God changes your current situation to a heavenly one. Can I get an amen? God begins to change your current situation. Some of you have been at odds with your boss for years. When you start bringing the kingdom in, God can start giving you favor with the very person who hated you. When you start bringing the kingdom in, God can start giving you favor, even if he doesn't begin to like you. When you start bringing the kingdom in, God can begin to bless you because you're touching heaven, transforming your job. And when you're transforming your job, you're not transforming the processes, you're transforming the people. And when you begin to transform the people, you begin to transform the the environment. When you begin to transform the environment, you begin to then transform the process. And so our job is not to transform processes. It's to transform people to go through the process. And as we begin to transform people, God begins to make the current situation a heavenly one. Or God moves you to a heavenly situation. Either way, you got to trust him. I remember this story. A young couple was praying for God to move in their life. Oh, God, we hate our job. Oh, God, we don't like this. Oh, God, give us a way out. And they've been praying. They started bringing the kingdom of heaven into their job. And this is what happened. He got fired. Oh, yeah. Some of you are like, Pastor, this must not be God's will. I lost my job because I brought the kingdom in. Your response or your reaction the firing that happened could be the only hurdle left between you and heaven, between you and the career you're in and the one for a heavenly one. And you know what they took this as? They said, God, you relieved us of the decision of having to make it ourselves because I got fired. Now, that's a very mature statement. I'm just telling you how mature that is. I mean, some of you go home and you tell your spouse you lost your job, the favor and the glory go out the window, amen, and and it's all everything else breaking loose and not, not favor and glory. And so when they came to God with the mature response, less than two hours later, God put him in the job of his dreams. With a higher raise, making more money, more time off, home in the evenings to be with his family. Now what? What happened? He was starting to bring the kingdom of heaven into his workplace, and he got fired. Many of you are thinking, that cannot be the will of God. Well, that response to the firing may be been the only hurdle he had to pass for God to get him into his dream job. God said, because I know how he'll handle this, I can let this happen. He'll respond maturely, and I can open the door to put him in the midst of his dream. And listen, he's living out his career in the midst of his dream right now. And I praise God for it. Now listen, in this process, you're going to have to trust him. Because when you start bringing the kingdom into an ungodly place, listen, I'm telling you all hell's going to break loose. I'll never forget the first time God told me, if you're serious about ministry, you start carrying your Bible to work. I was an assistant store manager at Brookshire's and hundreds of people saw me walk in and out of that store every day. Carrying my Bible. And I was like, God, this ain't fun. And when I did start carrying my Bible, you want to know what everybody brought up? Joel, I remember two years ago, you were cussing like a sailor. You were on the night crew with so-and-so. And and I remember you coming in. And I remember when the office people were coming in. And you were cussing up a storm. Some of you are like, I can't believe he ever did that. Come on, really? You ain't ever said a bad word? (laughs) And the first thing they brought up when I tried to bring kingdom in, they brought up my past. And when I tried to bring kingdom in, they brought up everything that was negative. And when I tried to bring kingdom in, they brought up everything that was problems. And when I brought kingdom in, they started making fun of me. Oh, you're a Bible toter now. No, I'm not. I just carry my Bible with me. Because this is the answer I told them. Until I know it all, I better have it with me so I can have access to it all. (laughs) Some of y'all should carry your Bible with you everywhere you go. Because until you know it all, you better have access to it all. If you want to bring kingdom in your workplace, this is where it transcends from Sunday to Monday. And the biggest problem is we do not let Sunday transcend into Monday. And if we don't let Sunday transcend into Monday, we're never going to see kingdom take place because your very sphere of influence is not Sunday. Your sphere of influence is Monday. And if your sphere of influence is Monday, bring the kingdom into your Monday by what you get on Sunday and watch God begins to transform your life. And so God's going to do two things when you begin to bring kingdom in. He's going to make your job a heavenly one or he's going to move you to a heavenly one. And then your world's going to be transformed. Goes on and say, as you're building the bridge from where you are, God is building the bridge to get you where you need to be. As you're building the bridge where you are, bringing heaven to you, God's building a bridge for you to get to where you to where he wants you to be. you got to believe God's getting you somewhere when you're bringing the kingdom in. Amen? I mean, there are times when we're here at the church and we're praying and we're believing and we go through seasons where it doesn't seem like there's any growth and it doesn't seem like there's anything good happening. It just seems like everything's blah and stagnant and, and it just seems like, God, what's taking place? we got to believe God's still working on a bridge because we're still bringing the kingdom in. Amen? we got to continue to stand in faith that God's getting us somewhere because we're bringing his kingdom in here. we got to continue to stand in faith that God's going to grow this church through economic crises when they happen, through hurricanes when they happen, through tornadoes when they happen, and when all the junk happens and when all the good stuff happens. we got to believe that God's going to continue to grow his church because we're bringing kingdom here. And when God begins to bring kingdom here, you got to understand I'm working on this bridge to get God here so God can work on my bridge to get me to where I'm called to be in this world. How do you build the bridge in your workplace? How do you build the bridge in your workplace? Everybody say bridge. Bridge. You're going to bridge it first by praying for your boss. Thank you. Amen. I pray my staff prays for me. (laughs) I mean, my decisions directly influence them. They have all the reason to pray for me. And so the first thing you're going to do is pray for your boss. The Bible says to pray for those who are in authority over you. If you want to start bringing the kingdom in, start praying for the people over you. If you want to bring the kingdom into your life, start praying for the people who have direct influence on your life and your career. If you want to start bringing the kingdom in, start praying for your boss. And don't just pray for him. Encourage him and pray for him like this. God, I want heaven to touch him. Some of you are like, yes, heaven needs to touch him or her. Heaven needs to come on in and and do a little dance on their life. Heaven needs to come on in and begin to bridge the gap, because God, you know how ungodly my boss is. That's not what I said. I said, pray for your boss, not against your boss. See, a lot of Christians are renowned for praying against their boss. Listen, God knows how ungodly your boss is, and God knows how ungodly you are. So you have no business going to God, telling God how ungodly your boss is. That's not what God said do. If you know how ungodly your boss is, that ought to make you pray for him all the more. If you know how ungodly the people in your workplace is, well, why shouldn't you pray for them all the more? See, many people say this. Oh, pastor, I would love to have a job where I'm in ministry. Welcome to it. (laughs) You're there. Well, I mean, I want to be, I want to work with a bunch of Christians. No, that's not ministry. That's equipping the saints. So you better define what you're praying. And if you don't even know what you're praying, how can God put you in a place where you don't even know what you're praying about? See, if you want to be in the ministry, God's already got you there. Your workplace is the ministry that God's got you in. And if you'll start being faithful, bringing the kingdom into the area of ministry that God's got you at, he can get your earthly situation to start looking very heavenly very quick. So the first way you're going to make the bridge is you're going to begin to pray for your boss. You're going to bless your boss. You're going to begin to uplift your boss. You're going to watch what God can do when you begin to praise him for the awesome boss that he is. When's the last time you went to your boss and said, thank you for giving me a job? I mean, seriously. I mean, I thank God every day. He's my boss. God, thank you for giving me this job. Thank you for bringing me here. Thank you, God, for making the decision of seeing me capable to work here. And as you begin to thank your boss for him having you there or her having you there, God can begin to change their life because too many workplaces have the walls built where it's us against them. It's me against you when really we all should be on the same team. The second bridge you're going to build is this. It's your coworkers. You're going to encourage them, uplift them, and praise them. Encourage them, uplift them, and praise them. If you did this in your workplace, and I'm just talking, get a sticky note, write the word tagged on it, and then right underneath it This means I'm praying for you. And just walk up to their computer monitor when they're not there and stick it on their computer monitor. And they'll walk back from lunch and be like, what? Hey, did y'all see who did this? I didn't see who did this. And then you go to another person. And what if you did this to just 20 people on your lunch break? Okay, five people on your lunch break. Let's not get crazy. Let's not be too charismatic here. Let's just do five people on your lunch break. And five people walked in and saw on their computer screens and it said, "Tagged. I'm praying for you today. And what if you made that a discipline once a week on a different day every single week so it doesn't get repetitious, that everybody walks in Monday looking for the tag note. But when God would lead you, for you to start tagging people anonymously, it's going to start a little stir. It's going to start a little discussion. It's going to start a little bit of action taking place. It's going to start a little bit of, oh, somebody's watching me. Somebody sees that I need prayer. What would begin to happen if you'd begin to bring the kingdom into your workplace? See, I'm trying this morning to give you tangible ways to literally bring the kingdom in. And you just go around beginning to say, tag, you're it. And eventually, somebody's going to find out it's you. Somebody's going to find out it's you coming in and tagging people. And you're going to find out that they're tagging people. And then they're going to get in on the game with you. And then you challenge them. Why don't you pass the note along and tag somebody else? And just start a game of tag in your church or in your your workplace. Some of you are like, well, that's funny. That's not realistic. Why is it not realistic? I mean, that didn't cost you a penny. You're using workplace materials. God will forgive you, I promise. (laughs) Don't get all legalistic on me. Everybody say bridge this morning. What about the people under you? What about the people under you? You know, a lot of people begin to sit at their desk and the janitor walks by and they're like, hey, Sam. But you don't give Sam the time of day. See, what if Sam was your only mission in that whole workplace? What if Sam was the only person God called you to reach? And because you're not reaching Sam, God can't get you to a heavenly place. What if Sam was the only person that you were called to minister to that day? And you never tagged Sam because you said, Sam's just a janitor. Well, the guy who led Billy Graham to the Lord was just a shoe salesman. Really? Just a shoe salesman? See, Smith Wigglesworth, if some of you know him, he was illiterate, couldn't read, just a basic factory type worker. Don't really know what his profession was, but he was basically a nobody. Somebody ministered to him the word of God changed the world. Jesus looked at Peter and what if he said, ah, Peter's just a fisherman. Ah, so-and-so's just a tax collector. God, there's nobody qualified for me to minister to here. See, there is no such thing. You're gonna to have to bridge it between your boss. You're gonna have to bridge it between your peers and your coworkers, but I also want you to bridge it between those people who are lower than you by doing this, training them, mentoring them, and building them up in the most holy and precious faith. Listen, there are people in your workplace who are aspiring to move up, but because somebody will not teach them the skills that they need, they can never get to the next level. What if your only mission in your workplace was to teach them the skills that they need to get them to the next level? You're bringing the kingdom to your workplace. You're bringing the kingdom to the very place God's called you to be. What happens when you begin to act like that? The Bible says this, you become wanted. How many of y'all wanna be wanted? Okay, not everybody wants to be wanted. How many of y'all wanna be wanted? I mean, I wanna be wanted. I mean, if y'all don't want me here, just say, Joel, you need to go. I mean, I want to be wanted, and you want to be wanted too in your workplace. Everybody wants to be wanted, but here's the thing. I want you to listen to me what Psalm number one says about being wanted. The Bible says, Blessed is everyone who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on whose law he meditates day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. Now, how many of would y'all like that last part? Everybody say, whatever yeah. I do, I do. It, prospers. it prospers. Now, how many of you would you like at your workplace everything you began to type, it began to prosper. You type out a memo and your boss says, "Whoa, that's a good memo. I mean, it ain't nothing special to you, but he's like, man, that's good. It begins to prosper. Well, I want you to hear me on this because verses one and two in this process tell you how to build the bridge. Verse number three puts you in a place where you're of high demand. God wants you in your workplaces to be in high demand. God wants you in your workplaces to be the one people turn to, not be the one people turn from. God wants you in your workplace to be in high demand. Now, this scripture is very, very theologically oriented, but I want to break it down and put it in some business terminology. It says, blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. It's blessed are you when you don't act like your coworkers act when bad things happen. The Bible says you're blessed when you don't stand around the water cooler gossiping. The Bible says you're blessed when everybody else is talking bad and you start talking good. The Bible says you're blessed when everybody's cussing out your boss for the very thing that he had to do and you start praising him. Not because you agreed with his decision, not because you're, you're in favor of his decision, but because he's your boss, you begin to hold him up. And you begin to say, listen, I understand I don't agree with his decision e- either, But it couldn't have been an easy decision. It couldn't have been the funnest decision for him either. So instead of us beating him down, why don't we start lifting him up? See, the Bible says, blessed are you when you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed are you when you don't start acting like everybody else around you. Because when you don't act like everybody else around you, that means kingdom's coming in and hell's getting pushed out. So the Bible says, blessed are you when you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or act like those who are around you. And then it goes on to say, whose delight is in God's word and they meditate on it day and night. Now listen to this, your delight in God's... God's Word should be your morning coffee. Your meditation in God's Word should be your afternoon Red Bull, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. When we begin to wake up and say, God, the first thing I'm doing, I'm just delighting in you. This means is to savor. What this means is to make a part of you that you enjoy. When you begin to walk into the workplace as God is your delight Your workplace is going to change. Delighting in the law of the Lord means it's your Monday morning coffee. That means as much as I love my coffee, coffee, this needs to be my caffeine. As much as I love this in my coffee, this needs to be the thing that sustains me when I walk into work this morning. As much as I love the things physically, God needs to be my delight. And if God is your delight, when you walk in, you can change all hell into heaven real quick, amen? Now listen, then it says meditate on it day and night. I say this is your afternoon Red Bull. Now listen to this. In the afternoons, why aren't you your office pick me up? Why aren't you the one in your office in the afternoon when everybody's getting in a bad mood? Because Monday morning staff meeting wasn't so great that you begin to change the environment. You begin to pick up the momentum. You begin to pick up. You begin to uplift. You begin to lead out. You begin to change things. You begin to meditate. You begin to do the things of God in your workplace. Even the ungodly people around you will start responding to you because you can't deny encouragement. You can't deny an uplifting phrase. You can't deny an uplifting email. You can't deny an uplifting pat on the back. You can't deny these things in your life. When you begin to operate according to these standards, God's going to start bringing the kingdom of heaven into your everyday life. He's going to start bringing the kingdom of heaven into your workplace. Now, here's where it gets good. We've talked about in this process that you're bridging the gap between here and your workplace. You're bridging the gap for your office, your coworkers, and the people under you. You're beginning to bridge the gap, and when you begin to bridge the gap in all these places, God. God doesn't just change who you are. He changes your status and your position. God begins to put you in high demand. Now listen to what this says. It says every, it says, whose leaf does not wither and everything that he does prospers. And it says, it goes on to say, you'll yield your fruit and season whose leaf does not wither and everything he does prospers. Now what is yield your fruit and season and my leaf doesn't wither? That means when everything is bad in your workplace you're still shining bright. That means when everything's going downhill, you're still on the uphill path. That means when everything's going negative, you're still in the positive. That means when your accounts and your departments, everybody else is in the red, you're still in the black. Now listen, some of you who just sit at a desk and you're a receptionist or you're a clerical worker or something like that and you don't see all the numbers that go on behind you, listen, you have the easiest and the best responsibility for this because you have the obligation and you have the access to every single person in your office <laughs> and you can be their motivator. You can be the one who uplifts them. And you know what happens when layoffs begin to come because the season's not good? You wanna know what everybody's gonna to begin to say? Um, we can do it without so-and-so and without so-and-so. Don't get rid of her. Don't get rid of him. Things are starting to get bad. Do not touch that person right there. They may not be the most contributing person to the overall assets, but they're the glue that holds this office together. Don't get rid of so-and-so because they're in high demand right now. Because when everything's going down and the world's tanking, they're the only bright spot that people see when they walk in. When everything's beginning to go in the tank and the economy's beginning to crash and things aren't looking good and everything is on the rocks, what is your role in the workplace? Your role in the workplace is to make sure the kingdom of God begins to manifest and literally People ask me this all the time, Joel, if so-and-so is such an ungodly employer, why does God still let him prosper and benefit? Have you ever thought about that? A lot of Christians ask me, Joel, if so-and-so is so ungodly and they do bad things, why does God still let them prosper? He may be letting his business prosper because you're in there working for it. And if he shut him down, you'd be out of the job. Oh, we didn't think about it like that. You just wanted to be in his place and own all the money. <laughs> See, a lot of times God holds off his wrath on the wicked because the wicked person may be employing 50 50 righteous people. And God's not willing to put 50 righteous people out of the job because one person is doing something bad. In fact, if the 50 righteous people would start tithing on the wicked people's money that he gave him, God can change your ungodly boss into a godly boss real quick. And because you got an ungodly boss and he gives you a paycheck and you begin to tithe, God's still using the wealth of the wicked to establish his kingdom through the righteous. Now, let's start looking at it from a different perspective. You, as an employer, your job is to become in high demand. And the Bible says, you yield your fruit in season, your leaf does not wither, and everything you do begins to prosper. How many of y'all would like that? Everything you did began to prosper. I mean, I'm talking like everything you did. I mean, you walk in in the morning and you just got a smile on your face and you're saying, hey Billy, how you doing? It's great to see you today. And you're beginning to prosper because Billy now changes. And people look forward to you coming to work rather than they don't want you to come to work. I remember so clearly when I was working in the secular world and this was when I worked at Brookshire's and this is when I owned my own business and this is also when I worked for a, a landscaping company. The same scenario held three and all true in all three situations. I know when I walked in the door that people wanted to see me because I always brought something in more than a product. I brought in the kingdom. I always brought in more than a product. I brought in the kingdom. And when you begin to bring in the kingdom, people want to see you because you're an encouragement to them. And when you begin to bring in the kingdom, people want to begin to uh, begin to be attracted to you because you're bringing something in that they don't have that they know they need, but they just can't fully grasp it yet. And so in your job, I want you to begin to bring in the kingdom wherever you go. And in the workplaces that I was in, when I would go into these different places, I remember hearing this. Joel, we love it when you're the manager on shift. Because you treat us different. And you know what? I could ask employees to do anything and they would do it for me. Because number one, I would do it with them. Number two, I wasn't above doing it. And number three, I didn't beat them down to get it done. In your workplace, you need to be in high demand. You need to be the one that the workplace begins to look to. You need to be the one that the workplace begins to focus on. You need to begin to begin to be the one that when everybody begins to look around at what's going on in the midst of chaos, you're the firm force holding true in the middle of the workplace. If you're going to see the kingdom begin to come into your workplace and God make your ungodly workplace a heavenly workplace... It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen by chance. It's not going to happen because God dropped a little bubble of his Holy Spirit on your school or your workplace or your church or your career or your family or whatever industry you're in. It's not going to happen by chance. God does not give his glory to another, but he'll allow his glory to flow through people. He'll allow his glory to flow through the body of Christ when we're willing to say, God, I'm doing one thing. I'm touching heaven. I'm transforming my job. So I pray that this morning, y'all leave here today with an initiative to do this. How do I bring kingdom into my workplace? How do I bring kingdom into the place of my employment? Some of you hate where you're going tomorrow morning. Some of you can't stand the thought of waking up because you gotta go back to that place. That place is not that place. That place is a potential for what Jesus prayed. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.